Hi, I'm Beck McFarland from Pop Your Business and Pop Your Career. In this podcast, I'll be speaking to entrepreneurs who have overcome adversity, made difficult decisions, challenged the status quo, and achieved amazing things in their businesses. Welcome to Brave in Business. Eliza Ludwig is an experienced financial analyst and the creator of The Flow Society. The Flow Society offers wealth coaching for you and your business to feel in control, reap the rewards, live life on your terms and enjoy a sense of achievement, freedom and fulfilment. Based in Sydney's inner west, the Flow Society offers one-on-one coaching for those who really want to see tailored, accelerated results in their business. There are also guided self-learning courses in the mix for those who want to take the bull by the horns and work independently on a targeted need. Hi, Eliza. Thank you so much for joining me. Welcome to the Brave in Business podcast. It is absolutely so exciting to be here. Awesome. So to get started, I would love for you to tell me a little bit about your business and how it is that you got to where you are today. So I basically help businesses to find flow in their business. So to be able to take away some of the stuff that people don't tend to love in business, i.e. financial, looking at their numbers, making decisions based on the numbers, and just so they can really stay in their flow in their zone of genius. And I also obviously help with cash flow. So coming up with strategies that really improve their cash flow and giving them that sense of sort of clarity and uh, knowing what's coming rather than you know, sort of just playing it by ear and being worried about a big expense that comes up or something that happens at the last minute. So yeah, I came into it. Actually, in my corporate role, I uh, supported all the, the functions. So similarly, really, I would support operations functions or marketing. And I got put on a team to bring a new, completely new product to market, which was refrigerated dips. I worked for Smith Stack Food. So that was potato mm-hmm. chips and this was something in the fridge. So something completely different. We basically had no information and just basically had a team of experts and sort of really pulled it together and it was a really successful product. So, and I just wanted to do that forever. I was like, this is, why yeah. is it not a role that does this? <laughs> so I thought I would sort of create it myself. Yeah, fantastic. I love that. And, you know, I... I guess we were introduced by my event manager, Lauren Harkness, and I'm so glad that she connected us because I think, you know, just from having a look at your website and from having a chat, I can see that our values are really aligned in what we do around, you know, really helping business owners to focus on the work that actually lights them up Mm, and to get some of that other stuff off their plate. But what I also saw, you know, when I was having a look at your website was just that focus on helping business owners to feel more fulfilled by the work that they do and really my whole business is centered around fulfillment so it was a great introduction from Lauren I'm really pleased to have you here I am also very interested in what you were saying about helping business owners to get across their numbers Mm -hmm. Uh, I know myself that you know that's only something that I've started to do more recently but a lot of business owners tend to not really have a lot of visibility across what's going on from a financial perspective in their business and they do often tend to bury their head in the sand (laughs) is that something that you come across quite frequently in your business yeah you know it's interesting there has been a bit of a change but yeah I will say absolutely and I think also there's this tendency to go oh I'm making a profit 
you know, that's all I need to know. I just need to know that one number without maybe recognizing that there's a mix of services or something that you're offering within mm-hmm. that, one of which is making the money and one of which isn't. So sometimes I think we can look at the one number and sort of forget about all of the, I think you mentioned it before, sort of all the detail that's behind that. I think another aspect is that what really drives people generally to come to me is time. And mm. so it's like, I know I need more money. I'm doing really well. I'm really busy, but I have no time. I have no time to increase, you know, have, have take on more clients or to run, you know, to make more products, send more product. So it's sort of time seems to be the thing that actually really forces them to realize they need to focus on their finances. It's interesting. Yeah, I do find that interesting. And I can really relate to it myself because mm. I have got this constant kind of limiting belief that hovers over me. My team gets sick and tired of me saying it, but I'm always saying I don't have time. I don't mm. have time. And I've had to really, you know, think about the language that I'm using and start to actually change that to it's not a priority at the moment. Yeah. Because of the fact that I think the more that I tell myself I don't have time, the more that that's likely to actually come into existence. Yeah, but I think finance is such an interesting topic because, you know, for a lot of people, including myself, there's a real kind of fear factor uh, around it, which we'll definitely talk about more today. For me, I know that that fear factor comes from a place of like being the unknown. Like I I know that I'm not good with numbers, so it all feels a little bit complicated. Do you find that as well? Or are there other reasons? Do you think that people tend to kind of steer clear of looking deeper into that information? Yeah, I I think, yeah, that is one of the the things that hold people back. I think another aspect is around, they think everything needs to be perfect. You know, it's like cleaning the house before the cleaner comes. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, oh, all of my numbers have to be exactly correct and everything has, you know, otherwise I can't get any help. And actually what I do is very different to bookkeepers or accountants. I really do the analysis. So I will look at the different offers that somebody has and how much profit they're earning per hour. So very little of it actually has to do with their bookkeeping. I mean, I really need price lists and I need time and stuff like that. So I think that is one of those, the the fear things that I I may judge them or that that everything might not be perfect. And again, I might judge Mm. them or that it means they can't, you know, sort of look at things. And, you know, it just goes back to that thing that we all know that, you know, if it's 80% correct, then, you know, or even 60%, you know, it's much better than avoiding it altogether. Well, at least it's a starting point, I guess. And then there's sort of scope to uh, to improve things. But, you know, it's something that I guess I'm very interested in around using that data to actually make decisions about the future yeah. of the business. And I think, you know, when you get to that point where you are actually able to look at some of the information and use that to forecast and, and to make decisions about products and services, it is so powerful, mm. so powerful. So I really love what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So we're here today to talk about being brave in business. This is obviously a topic that I'm very interested in. Mm -hmm. I'd love to know from you, when you hear that phrase, brave in business, what does it mean to you? Yeah, I love that because the first thing I thought was I'm not very brave. So that was an interesting thing to have come to mind. Um, But then I was also reflecting on, and we were sort of talking about it before, Sydney's in a relatively extended lockdown, not as long as Melbourne or or other areas of the world, but 
I'm sort of like, gosh, I, I actually on the whole feel okay. So mm. maybe I am braver than I, I've been giving myself credit for. So that would probably be something is I think we're all braver than we probably give ourselves credit for. But I think one of the things I've been really brave in in business is actually saying no. So um, I have, you know, worked for or with people and it hasn't been right and it's not easy, but I have had to have those conversations and sort of say it's, it's not right. I've also had to turn clients down, potential clients down. If I can see that their business really needs to be focusing on something else before I can help them, then, you know, I will let them know that. So yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of a brave thing because you think that's actually turning income down, but I also don't want that person to leave the experience and think, well, that's not what I wanted. And that's not getting me to where I want, you know, I don't want them to to be left with that. So I would prefer to say no, than just forge ahead. Mm. And I can kind of relate to that in my business because I, you know, have made a commitment to myself and have set a boundary around the fact that I'll only work with clients who I really want to work with. Mm. And I know that feeling of that fear around saying no. And, you know, what if this is the last client that I ever get? You know, what if I need the money and those kinds of things? But for me, like, given the fact that I talk about fulfillment so much mm. I feel like it would be a bit hypocritical of me to work with mm. clients I wasn't fully aligned with yeah um, completely that whole saying no uh mm-hmm. is I guess a really interesting phenomenon that is becoming more and more spoken about this mm-hmm. idea of the fact that we don't have to be a people pleaser and mm-hmm. that no is a full sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's something that I'm continuing to work on. Is that something that's come naturally to you or is it something that you've started to build upon? No, not at all. I was actually, uh, I just heard something uh, the other week and the person was saying that, you know, they, they find it even difficult to say to their friend what day and time it suits them to catch up. I, that just went, that is me, you know, to even that level of boundary, as it were, or that level of um, assertiveness. So I would say probably not. I am a real people pleaser and I definitely have that fear. Is this the last client? Um, yeah. You know, is, am I making a really big mistake? But I think ultimately I know how I, I have, I suppose it comes from experience as well. I took on a client once and she was in a particular type of business that I just, I actually thought was not doing her uh, was doing her a disservice Uh and I tried to communicate that to her but she couldn't see it and we just never it just never gelled and it's just like you know I really should have just said at the start this isn't something I want to deal with so yeah yeah I think learning from experience (laughs) yeah I think we all are and I mean it's probably a topic for another day but I think it's definitely something that I see introverts struggling with a lot more. Mm-hmm. I use DISC a lot in my business, which is a behavioural profiling yeah. tool. And, uh, and I definitely see that it's my S and C or mm-hmm. more introverted clients mm-hmm. who struggle with that decision making mm-hmm. and the boundary setting and really kind of standing up for their beliefs. And yeah, I think for us, maybe it is just that little bit harder Mm. to have our voice heard Mm. Um, Mm. but good on you for working on it I'm working on it too it's not always great (laughs) (laughs) like we were talking about before we started recording you know this is where that growth is and Mm. and where the discomfort is Mm. Uh, so important for us for you know for the future of our not just our businesses but ourselves Mm. as human beings 
Yeah. So what do you think the bravest thing is that you've done in your business so far? Well, ending an agreement with a with this particular client that I was mentioning, I really liked them as a person. So it was really, really difficult to say mm-hmm. no there. I don't know if she could understand sort of what the what the reasoning was. So that was really difficult. I think, you know, something that's brave is actually sometimes sending a sales proposal. Mm. So it is just that clicking send and waiting for the response and really wanting to work with somebody, but then also um, being brave enough to put the price on there that you know that you're worth, that you know that it's going to take you, you know, X amount of time and it's going to be worth it for them. It's going to pay back for them as well. So, but yeah, sometimes I find that quite a brave act. (laughs) I agree with you wholeheartedly. Mm. uh, And I feel that so much. Mm. Um, I am actually sitting on a few podcast episodes at the moment that I'm waiting to put into the Google Drive folder for my beautiful podcast editor, Nikki. Uh, (laughs) And even that for me is Mm. something that, you know, I been really holding back on the podcast episodes are amazing but I think Mm. it is just that hitting send all of a sudden Mm. it becomes real Mm. Uh, and it's no longer just an idea it's something that's happening Uh, yeah that can be really scary yeah yep I only recently realized I'm a perfectionist I sort of thought I was a procrastinator and I probably Mm. am both but it's only recently that I've realized or somebody's helped me realize that that's a perfectionist trait, you know, and I had never thought about it. I was like, well, ne- I never get anything perfect. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you're waiting for it to be perfect to actually do it. So, yeah. We've got the gorgeous Emma Norris from A Girl in Progress is going to be speaking at the Popular Business Conference later this year. Uh, you will definitely want to hang out for her yes. keynote presentation. She has written a fabulous book about this topic and, mm-hmm. uh, and I know that she's got a lot of wisdom to share. Cool. Can't wait. This episode was brought to you by the Pop Your Business Conference. It's all going down here in Canberra at the stunning Evolo Nishi Hotel on the 11th and 12th of March, 2022. We have the most incredible speakers traveling in from around Australia, including Suze Chadwick, Sarah Jensen, Emma Norris from A Girl in Progress and Jade Warne from Hipster Mum. We have surprises galore and I can promise you that this will be an event that you'll be talking about for a long time to come and for all the right reasons. Tickets are available now at popyourbusiness.com forward slash conference. I look forward to seeing you there. So why do you think it is important that we do step outside of our comfort zone as business owners? I think that we can't continue to grow unless Mm. we do. And I know we've sort of already touched on that before in our conversation, but I studied horticulture at uni and I always thought I'd be, end up being an organic farmer. That's what I wanted to do. Mm. But I was, the, the thing that immediately came to mind is a plant continues to grow through its whole life and it's always pushing boundaries. Can I get bigger? Can I get wider? Can I pull out more flowers? And that's how it survives. And that's how it goes on to, you know, create a legacy or, you know, other flowers or other trees around it. So I just think if we don't, then we, we risk not growing. And I, again, 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 it's scary and it, you know, you have to be pretty brave to do it, but um, yeah, it's just a really good, just the only way to grow really. Cause otherwise we would just stay as 18 year olds and never learn things. <laughs> never move yeah. on. 
it's interesting because as I'm doing more and more of these podcast interviews and I ask that question, growth is something that continues to come up. You know, wow. a lot of my guests are saying, mm. you know, it's, it's all about the growth. Mm. I wonder what I've found is that, you know, since I became a business owner, mm-hmm. I became a lot more interested you know, not just in business growth, but also in personal growth. Mm-hmm. Do you do you see a correlation between that interest in growth or motivation to grow and that kind of entrepreneurial spirit? Oh, yes. <laughs> I think I remember I met somebody also through Lauren Harkness actually, but she she sort of said, "Oh, I'm just obsessed with like self help books and yeah. you know, business growth books," and I said, "Oh, me too." And then. The more I've sort of admitted that, I've realized a lot of people, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs are exactly the same. So I think it definitely is. And I think there is a sense in which we sort of feel that, you know, we have to keep, uh, I suppose what I'm trying to say is growth isn't just about increasing your profit or increasing Mm. your, you know, it's also about personal growth, as you've just mentioned. It's about feeling happier in what you're doing, feeling really happy when you finished with a, a client you know if a project comes to an end or you know things that you know they're moving on to the next project or whatever it might be growth is feeling really good about that relationship and what you've offered and and the way mm. that you've worked together so yeah for sure I think there is a really close correlation yeah yeah I just kind of I mean I've been in business now for about six years and even when I try and think back I guess I've always been kind of interested in the personal growth and the self-help books and things like that. But it wasn't until I kind of delved into the business world that all of a sudden personal growth became more of a priority and something that I was so much more focused on. Uh, And I think it's a totally positive thing because we Mm. all know that in business, you know, mindset is so important. Mm. Uh, But I guess I'm just, I'm interested to see as we continue this podcast you know that common theme of growth really coming out and and what that's kind of looking like for people so thanks for sharing that yeah (laughs) interesting I love that yeah so we've talked a little bit about fear uh, Mm -hmm. and I see being brave as being quite heavily linked with fear often Mm. it is fear of failure we Mm. do sometimes see fear of success but sometimes it's a little Mm. bit harder to identify Um, Mm. if you would talk about failure have you experienced any of those kind of failures in your business or has anything ever not gone to plan Uh, and if it did like what did you do how did you get past it well I suppose I think in a sense I did have a fear of success in that when I first started business I would you know sort of put up one post about what I did and then sort of call out a day and never talk about what I did again or I'd go to one networking event and give my business card (laughs) it feels very archaic now to somebody and again just call it a day it would be like okay I've given out three business cards that's it for the quarter sort of thing Mm. because I'm also um, quite introverted so I would really have to sort of gear myself up to do that so I wish that I had have been a bit braver then and I feel I would have been further along if I had just pushed myself a bit further but mm. I can't get that time back so <laughs> moving on I think another thing though is when I first started my business it was called bread budgeting so I was really focused on creating budgets for people and I was working with a business coach and just one day, just out of the blue, she was typing something and she said, you've got to change the name. She says, you sound like you're saving money to be able to afford a loaf of bread. Yeah. And I was like, 
oh, and it was just a lightning bolt. And so completely rebranded probably just over a year ago. And so I won't say that the first iteration failed, but I'm certainly really happy that it's evolved into what it is now. Yeah. And I love the Flow Society. I mean, just what an absolutely beautiful name. And flow is something that comes up a lot when I'm Mm -hmm. talking to to my clients. And Mm -hmm. I know that I'm often looking for really cute passages out of books Mm -hmm. and things like Mm -hmm. that that talk about flow. So it is, I I think it's a a bit more of a progression of Mm -hmm. the way that particularly female entrepreneurs are working. You know, we Mm -hmm. saw you know, when I first started in business six years ago, one of the first books that I read was the Tim Ferriss four-hour work mm. week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're kind of pushing past that hustle culture mm-hmm. and moving more into a state of flow where mm-hmm. we're focused on our fulfilment and and focused on, you know, kind of working with our own rhythms and things mm. like that as well. So I think it is very, very cool. Mm-hmm. But going through that rebranding process, mm-hmm. You know, I've often thought about it uh, Mm -hmm. and it's really bloody scary. (laughs) (laughs) So how did you like overcome the fear? How did you like, was it just that after your business coach mentioned that to you, you just made a decision and went for it or were there some mindset shifts that had to happen? That is a really good question. I, I, looking back on it, I'm sort of a bit, I suppose I just what it was was I couldn't articulate through my branding or through my you know I couldn't figure out what my story was my brand Mm. story my business story I really couldn't tie it back to bread budgeting because a budget is seriously the very last tiniest part of what I actually do so I think I could just understand I could just realize that I couldn't I couldn't communicate through Mm. my brand and I couldn't help people I couldn't bring people along and I think I'll do my budget myself. I, I don't need, you know, your help to do that. So I think it was really a realization that I was just banging my head against a wall in mm. terms of explaining my brand. So that's really what it started with was around defining my brand story. And then it was just, uh, I worked with a branding uh, expert. And so it just started with the story and just sort of naturally flowed literally the yeah. whole time to, from the next step, next step to the next step. So. Yeah, Uh, that's amazing. That's amazing. And I think, you know, what you've kind of explained is that it it almost was a necessity for you to do that. And for you to really be able to blossom into the brand that you wanted to be in. So I can imagine that although there would have been some fear around it, the fear of not doing it was probably Mm. worse than the fear of actually going through that process. Completely. Absolutely. I just continually felt like I was coming into a brick wall and ever since I've changed I just feel so much happier and and much easier and much more in flow yes exactly (laughs) (laughs) I love it love it so if you were talking to another business owner and Mm -hmm. you had a sense that they were not going after their dreams because Mm -hmm. of the fact that they had some fear lying around Mm -hmm. what advice would you give to them I would I would say to them find something that that feels in alignment with you I know when I first started in business I thought sort of the way I felt that the way to get through it was to you know go to all of these events and hand out my business cards and it just was so at odds with who I was and or or you know join something big like um, key person of influence or something like that I thought that was sort of the only path that I could take you know and I was just like no 
that part doesn't work for me. This part mm-hmm. does. So that's how I met Lauren was through a different area where, you know, we would meet, I would meet with other women who were in business who were very similar to myself and it just flowed again, but it was, yeah. it just felt a lot more in alignment with who I was and what I was trying to achieve. And it wasn't sort of suits and bigging each other up in terms of, oh, well, I've written three books. You know, it was none yeah. of that. It was just, you know, and I realized doesn't have to be that way you know and it doesn't have to just be you know creating massive online courses and doing the huge launches you don't have to do that you know if you don't want to so I think yeah find find the areas of business that a you would love doing ongoing and b that you feel comfortable and feel aligned with who you are and and what you like doing Mm, that's very cool and something that I talk about a lot with my business coaching clients often they are quite shocked when I tell them, you don't have to do anything. Mm. And they often ask me, you know, how often should I do this? Or what should I do about this? And my response to them is always, there are no rules. Mm. Like create your own rules. Do exactly. what feels good to you. Uh, and I think for myself, being a really kinesthetic human, I feel a lot, whether mm. that be, you mm. know, from a, a physical perspective or even a, an emotional perspective. And so I'm always challenging my clients to kind of step into their feelings and kind mm. of go, well, like, what, what feels right? You know, does it feel right to post on social media every day? Yeah, Absolutely. So, Eliza, I'm really excited to have you speaking at the upcoming Pop Your Business Conference. What are you most looking forward to about the event? Yeah. So this is going to sound funny because I, I am an introvert, but I'm really excited to meet everyone, to meet you in person and, you know, just see everybody because although I haven't met you people in person because I sort of communicate with you on Instagram or, you know, talking to mm. you now, et cetera, I sort of feel like I do know you. So yeah. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. And obviously after a lockdown, it would be really good to be out of my city. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be great to have that human connection, right? Yeah, absolutely. I almost feel like the Popular Business Conference is going to be like this really big reunion because Sarah Jensen, who's coming from Adelaide, is a good friend of mine who I just haven't seen in ages. Uh, You know, I haven't seen Suze Chadwick, I think, since the end of 2019. Mm. And, you know, we've we've got all these people kind of coming from from lots of different places Mm -hmm. who... I know from online and who a lot of the attendees, you know, know and engage with online, but haven't met in person or haven't seen in a long time. Mm. And I think after such an extensive period of lockdown Mm. throughout Australia with Melbourne and Sydney Mm. and even Adelaide recently having Mm. a lockdown, Mm. I feel like when, you know, when this happens, when we're all able to get together in a room, it is going to be so much more powerful and so much more, you know, just exciting Mm. and, uh, and fulfilling Mm. because of the fact that, you know, we haven't been able to connect like this for for ages. Mm. ages. Mm. And, you know, I'm definitely very, very introverted as well. Mm. I always say I'm like one of the most extreme introverts that you'll ever meet, but I am really looking forward to that, just being Mm -hmm. in the room and hopefully being able to hug everyone. I know. (laughs) Well, I'm vaccinated. (laughs) I'm halfway there, so I will be vaccinated by the conference and I'm hoping it's going to be a big huggle fest. (laughs) Yes, I know. Me too. Me too. (laughs) Awesome. So what's coming up in your business that you would like to tell the audience about? 
I think things are sort of changing with the businesses, you know, as business changes. But at the moment, I'm really just being in lockdown and sort of having odd times available. Mm. I'm running sort of a series of workshops. So they're low cost, just pop in. It's an hour of your time. I always give templates and things for you guys, for, for attendees to take away and do some of this stuff themselves. So rather than it being a self-guided sort of course, it's really just me sort of talking through the concepts and people can mm. ask me questions and stuff. And I'm just loving it. And that in a way it feels like really good practice for the, for the Poppy Business Conference. So in terms of seeing what people are, uh, how things are resonating, yeah, and really helping people in the business now without, you know, having to, to do it all themselves, I suppose. Cool, cool. Sounds like I might need to check out some of those workshops too. I'd love to have you, Beth. (laughs) Really fun, really fun. So where can people find you online if they want to find out more about what you're doing? My uh, website is theflowsociety.com.au. And, uh, but my favorite place to hang out is Instagram. So I'm the underscore flow underscore society. Fantastic. Um, Yeah. So come say hi. That'd be great. We will make sure that all of your links are in the show notes awesome. um, so that people can come by. And uh, mm-hmm. definitely, if you're reaching out to Eliza, let her know that you heard her on the Braving Business Podcast. Yes. We would love that too. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today. It has been such a pleasure finally being face-to-face with yeah. you, even on Zoom, just so that we can have a bit more of a chat and get to know each other. Uh, yeah. But really appreciate your time. You too, Beck. Thank you so much for having me. I really, really loved it. (laughs) Thanks, Eliza. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Brave in Business podcast. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, leave me a rating, five stars preferably, and a review. You can also join me over on socials at Pop Your Biz. If you want to hang out with me and my fabulous community of small business owners, you should definitely think about joining Beck's Business Besties. It's an online membership with mastermind vibes and is honestly my favorite place to hang out on the internet. You can find out more at popyourbusiness.com forward slash BBB. I'll see you in the next episode.